It is 531 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thank you so much for joining us, and I am thrilled to have the chance to talk to the head coach of the national champion Notre Dame men's lacrosse team, Kevin Corrigan. The Fighting Irish won that national championship over Duke on May 29, 13-9, and then hopped on a plane, went to Germany for a great experience. Sounds like working with some youth players. And now Kevin is back in the old U.S. of A., and I'm sure still basking in the glory of winning that national championship. Coach, a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm probably about the millionth person to say this to you, but congratulations on that wonderful win. Thank you so much, Darren. I really appreciate it. it it's been a lot of fun. You, you caught me today. I'm, I'm actually sitting down this afternoon writing a letter to my team saying, all right, let's turn the page. We've, we've enjoyed this one for a couple of weeks now. Let's get, <laughs> let's get back to reality and, and get on to 2024. But I'm still happy to talk about the, that championship weekend. Boy, we picked the perfect day to talk to you. Right before you closed the book on last year, we got you on the program, and I'm, I'm thrilled to talk to you just here for a few moments. And just going back to Philadelphia for a moment, that game against Duke, Coach, it was a roller coaster ride for us fans. You get off to the fantastic start, this offensive juggernaut, and Duke held to one goal in the first half. They come all the way back. They tie it at seven. Give me your thoughts. What do you think the difference was with your club once Duke had all the momentum? It was 7-7, but then from there you outscore them 6-2 to to close out that championship. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, but, yeah, we sandwiched 6-1 to on one side and 6-2 to on the other side uh, around giving up a bunch of goals to them in the third quarter that, that we felt like we had contributed to just a little bit. You know, they made some nice plays, and they were going to. You know, they were – they're too good of a team. You don't you don't hold a team like that to one or two goals, you know. And and uh, so we had we had kind of told our guys, let's be emotionally prepared for the fact that they're going to come out and make some plays in the second half. Um, the great thing was when you you know we had a timeout at seven seven, and uh, and and our guys were fine. They were you know they 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 knew we were in a game that's for sure. But nobody was freaking out. Um, everybody seemed very calm and poised, and it was just. Yeah, the the tone was very much like, all right, let's get back to making plays and 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 uh, kind of eliminate some of these silly mistakes that we thought we made. Coach Corrigan, I was really impressed during the game. This is my perspective watching the game on television, but your goaltender Liam Entman seemed to be a calming force on the field when Duke was making that push. It seemed like he was in control of his emotions. He was talking to guys and just a really great leader on the field for your team. Phenomenal, uh, Darren. I, I mean, honestly, it's funny because because Liam is and has been the best goalie in the country, I think, for the last two years. But he's but he's a very has been kind of very hyper, kind of emotional. gets gets too excited sometimes. And and uh, the whole last month of the season, he was so calm and collected, and and so poised and played so well. I mean, we certainly don't win the championship without him. He was he was fantastic, and he you know deservedly was the was the player of the tournament. Mm. Kevin Corrigan, head coach of the national champion Irish lacrosse team, my guest. You know, you have the Kavanaugh's and they get a lot of attention, and rightfully so, coach, but you look at the championship game, you had six different different players score two goals in this game and seven different goal scorers overall. How much of a factor is that having that balance attack against a team like Duke? 
it was everything. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, truthfully, Pat Cavanaugh was was uh, he was gutting it out out yeah. there, but he was working on one leg. Um, he had pulled his hamstring and at, at halftime, a minute before halftime in the semifinals, and and he continued to play the whole weekend uh, on one leg. Really, it was amazing uh, what he did. But he he also was not as productive as we're used to him being in in that case. Um, and other guys stepped up and, and, and took up the slack, you know. So, uh, you know, the, the Kavanaugh's are – they're our heart and soul. I mean, they, they're just such competitors and such gritty, tough kids that, that they really set the tone for our whole team. But, but our guys also showed that we are a team and a complete team because without the, the – the, as you mentioned, six different guys scoring two goals or more in that game, we, we just don't have a chance to win. So mm. it, was, it was terrific. That was a, it was a complete team win. And again, as you mentioned before, holding you know a Duke team that's averaging 14 uh, or, or more goals a game uh, to eight is is uh, is really something. You kind of lead me into my next question. I'm just curious, how many trips to Costco do you have to make for ibuprofen and duct tape to keep get these guys healthy for the championship game? Because it looked like you had some grinders in that championship game. Yeah, we did, and 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 you know, coming out the, a very very physical game with with Virginia in the semifinals, and obviously an overtime game. So you know, not not a second to take off during that game. Um, so yeah, you're and, and now you're coming back on less than 48 hours rest, and and trying to play the biggest game of of their lives. Um, so we our guys were terrific. They 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 just gutted it out i mean you can't say anything else we never i never heard one guy talk about being tired i never heard one guy talk about anything else other than staying focused on on the job you know and and um and i got some great advice uh you know the on the sunday in between the two games i had two guys two former notre dame coaches reach out to me bobby clark who won a championship oh. in soccer and and jim mclaughlin who was a volleyball coach here who, who won championships when he was at the university of washington and both of them gave me the same advice and both said this is advice that was given to me when they were going into a championship game. And the, and the, the advice was play the opponent, not the occasion. And wow. it was it's terrific way to focus your team on, hey, you can't be talking about and thinking about winning a championship. You have to be thinking and talking about how do we beat Duke. That's, mm. that's the job. And and uh, I thought it was great, and our guys really took that to heart and, and did a great job with it. Mm, wonderful story. Kevin Corrigan, my guest here on WSBT Radio. Fans are always going to remember the championship game beating Duke, but, Coach, sometime down the line we all may forget that Virginia game in the semifinals. You were down in the closing moments of that game, and that was quite a comeback just to have the chance to play for a national championship. If anybody had told me that we're down two – with two and a half minutes to go in the game, and Virginia's going to score once more before the before the final horn, I would have said there's no way we win that game, right? Mm-hmm. But that's what happened. Uh, we come back and tie it. They score again with 52 seconds left, and they have the best face-off guy in the country, um, you know, coming in after after that goal with a chance to get the last possession of the game and 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 kill the kill the clock, right? Or or force us to to you know kind of go to elaborate measures to double team and things, which makes you really vulnerable to giving up another one. And from that moment forward, you know, our face-off guy, our wing guys make great plays to get the possession. Uh, Jake Taylor just makes a phenomenal shot uh, to, to score. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a shot like the one he made. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, you just kind of went into overtime, and our, I think our guys, our whole f- huddle felt like, well, this is, 
we're going to finish this now, you know. Yeah. Coach, one thing I do remember about the Duke game, and I wrote down the time this occurred, but very late in that Duke game, I think you called timeout, and your team just like rallied around you like a big huddle. Everybody was just feeling that something great was about to happen. It just... I just love the attitude of your team, even dating back to last year using, I I think it's fair to say, the disappointment of not making the tournament last year as a rallying cry, getting that title game, and then in the closing seconds, just to see the team come together around you for that timeout was really, really cool. It it was, and, and, and I wish that I was a little bit smarter and, and could have enjoyed that moment as much as <laughs> <laughs> I was still all I all I was thinking was Virginia was up two with two minutes to go and they lost and and so I'm thinking I'm not even looking at the clock I know I'm thinking we got a lead but I'm not gonna give up on on focusing on what's next I uh, I just I just turned to, to Ryder Garnsey with about 30 seconds left when he's just laughing at me <laughs> uh, one of our, he's laughing at me and I looked at him and I said I'm a jerk right and he's like yes you are. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I know you're someone that you make sure everything is about the team in these media interviews, but can I just ask this? When the clock hit zero, what went through your mind? Honestly, it was just a wonderful moment. Watching our guys just burst off the sideline in in the unbridled joy that you're watching, you know, from the guys coming from the bench, you know, Chris Cavanaugh tackles his brother and sits on top of it. You know, Liam jumping up and down on, on, on his defenseman. Uh, watching that is like the greatest thing that, that could have happened. You know I mean? Just really just so such a wonderful moment that, that you just don't get an opportunity to have very often, obviously. I, I joke with one of my media colleagues since I call the Irish hockey games, the ultimate thing for a hockey team, you see the, the gloves and the sticks that are thrown. Coach, it's dangerous when you win a lacrosse title when those helmets go flying. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. We're lucky nobody hurt, you know, just celebrating, but. You know, what a way to go. Unbelievable. So I'm curious. I know this got a little – there was a little talk about this on TV. Is that hat going to get retired? It seemed like it's been through a lot of battles through the years. I got to tell you, the hat, The story about that hat is the funniest uh, <laughs> non-story of all time. I'm walking out the door before our, our first playoff game, and I said to my wife, my daggone hair has gotten so long I can't control it. I said, you have a hat? She goes in the closet and just grabs the first one she sees and throws it to me. <laughs> And and so I was. That hat had that was no like long term, you know, lucky charm or anything else. That was just the first hat she grabbed when she reached in the closet. But I sure as heck wasn't taking it off until <laughs> until the tournament was over after the first one. Well, with the apparel deal up for grabs, we might have a a new apparel person. So maybe that hat's going to get retired one way <laughs> or the other. So take us through. You win a championship, and you'd already planned this trip to Germany. So the team, yourself, you got head overseas for this trip I don't think well I think it's fair to say this is the first time in Notre Dame history a team's won a national championship and celebrated with a trip overseas <laughs> yeah I mean you know it's funny because normally in, in at the end of our season it always ends after school's over and everything else so somewhere you know 48 hours later we're, we're all going our separate ways you know and, and uh, no matter what happened no matter whether it was a good year or a bad year you know, it ends and, and we're all going our separate ways. So to have kind of the serendipity of having uh, a 10-day 
trip to Germany planned um, couldn't have been better. I mean, what what a wonderful way for our guys to get to celebrate with each other for 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 the next couple of weeks. I don't know if you know the answer to this, or I'm not sure if this might be secret information for next year, but as you look ahead to next year, there's going to be that moment where there's going to be a celebration of the championship season. I'd assume banners, whatever. Can you give us any idea what might be ahead for this team in terms of rings and banners and that type of stuff? No idea whatsoever. And I've <laughs> asked that I, that I not be involved. I'm, I'm I'm not the guy to do that stuff. So I I I 100% want nothing to do with it. Just tell me if if I have to show up somewhere, tell me where. But that's, that's all I want to do. That's right. Hey, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So what is the key as the head coach of a championship team? You told us right at the start of the interview. You're writing a letter right now to have everybody turn the page. What is the key over the next few months as a head coach of a team that won a national championship? Well, I think it's to make sure that the guys stay focused on the, the, the fundamentals of what got us to where we are. You know, um, you know, I, I, one of the things I mentioned in the letter is, you know, Pat Riley talked about the disease of me mm. that creeps in uh, a championship team when everybody feels like, all right, you know, the, we got ours. Now I want mine, you know, and and uh, and all of a sudden everybody's a little more focused on you know their success and, and that and you and you have to protect against that. You have to actively make sure that that's not uh, kind of creeping into to what goes on. And, and you have to go back to work with the same hunger that you, that you did, you know, when you, as you said, fighting off the disappointment of last year, it wasn't hard to motivate guys to, to get out and, and do the work that they needed to do to get ready for this year. But now that they, they you, you got to be careful that they don't feel a contentment that keeps them from going back in, in the weight room and back on the field and, and working on the things they need to do. Cause if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Yeah. Well, just based on me from the outside looking in, it sure seems like you have some awfully good leaders, veteran guys coming back next year that would seem to not be very interested in taking a step back next year. 100%. Pat Cavanaugh called me twice yesterday <laughs> to, say, to say that he's worried. He's worried. I said, well, I don't think it might be a little bit early to be worried, but, but, uh, but I, I get where you're coming from, you know. He, but, but that, yeah, you're right. We had unbelievable leadership on this team. Uh, within this team is probably the best leadership that that I can remember uh, within a team, and and it came from all over. It wasn't just one or two guys. Um, and and so the connectedness of this team was was awesome, and and it, it was due to that that leadership throughout the team. And and I think that's something we have to make sure we we cultivate, you know, in in the next year as well. But but. Uh, if Pat Kavanaugh is any indication, I think we're okay. Yeah. Coach, one final question for you. I know that this championship belongs to you and your team, but I would have to imagine every single player that has played for you in 35 years at Notre Dame has a stake in this championship in your eyes. Darren, that's been one of the absolute best and most gratifying things about this whole thing. I'll bet you 75% of the guys who played for us were at that final game. Wow. And – I mean, I, I, I don't think there's anybody I haven't heard from. They all feel like they're part of it. And that's a wonderful thing because they are, you know, and, and they're an important part of it. So uh, that, that I think we got cut off there or out of range here for a second. We'll see if Coach pops oh, back in. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Coach, I can hear you again. Go ahead. Finish up. Sorry. 
Oh no, I just just saying that was that absolutely was one of the best parts of it. No no question. Mm-hmm. Just just sharing that with with all the guys who've been part of this program and 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 how much they do feel part of it. That's because they are. They they're a wonderful, you know, it doesn't happen without without each of them. And so um a great thing to be able to share that with them. Well, coach, I greatly appreciate your time as you're just getting back from overseas and I thank you so much for spending a, a couple of interviews with me during this run to the national championship. And again, it was just a thrilling, thrilling couple of days in Philadelphia, the Virginia comeback, and then the Duke game. So thank you so much to you and your team for all the fantastic memories. And I greatly appreciate your time as always. Of course. Thank you, Darren. I really appreciate it. You bet. Best wishes. Have a great summer. You too. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thank you. That is the head coach of the national champion Notre Dame men's lacrosse team, Kevin Corrigan. The Irish got it done, beating Duke 13-9 on May the 29th. We'll take a timeout. More sports speed in a moment on WSBT. 